you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Are you ready to have your life changed today? You came to the right place. Amen. Open to Genesis 12, would you, and Proverbs 3. Genesis 12 and Proverbs 3. Amen. It's good to go into the Bible and see what the Lord says. Because people have some opinions, don't they? And we do too. And we may have been taught a shade off of what's accurate, you know, or several shades. But you know what? We're going to align ourselves with the Word of God. Living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Don't get nervous. But it's good to know that God knows who we are and what we're going through. Amen? Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Remember this? First, step one, get on out. From your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What does the Lord say? What is in verse 2? I will bless you. Can you receive that today? The Lord God Almighty is saying today, I will bless you. I will bless you. If I could say it individually to each one of you, I would, but just take it. God is saying, I will bless you. Amen. And not some kind of generality. I'm just going to sprinkle some blessing around and you can try to catch some. You know, like when money falls and everyone goes all crazy, like from the ceiling? I've seen it in movies. It's never happened to me. <laughs> money is falling. From, anyway, but they're grabbing at it, you know, and like you can't really get, you think, oh, this is windfall. This is going to, no, you, you maybe get one, right? The Lord isn't saying, I'm just going to sprinkle a little blessing around and, you know, try to get some. He's saying, I will actively, purposefully, intentionally, aggressively bless you. Amen. Why? Because we have a covenant God. Keeps his promises. I will bless you. And look at verse 3. It says, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay. Now, we know that major world religions still claim Father Abraham, right? Many sons. The whole thing. Did you know that Jesus came eventually through the line of Abraham? And so now we are certain that all peoples can be blessed, just as God said, and he did it through a man named Jesus, the God-man, right? Hallelujah. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. And you know what? Let me just pause. This just occurred to me. What if people don't call on the name of Jesus and they don't get saved? Well, they're missing out, right? They're missing out on their eternity in heaven anyway. You get an eternity somewhere, by the way. Everybody gets an eternity somewhere. Let's, let's make it heaven for as many people as possible. Amen? What if people don't call on the name of Jesus and so they don't get blessed? Well, yes and no. Because Jesus lives, and because there are people on the earth praying, interceding for people, because there has been a, a morality established 
we are blessed and we'll never know the depths of our blessing already. How much devastation, evil we've been kept from because God established a moral code through His Word, the, the printed Word, and also the living Word, Jesus, right? The, the whole, all of it. And there are things that we have escaped that we can't even imagine that would have been had it not been for Jesus. Isn't that deep? Praise you, Lord, for speaking real time to your church. That someone needs to hear that because it's not just, well, what have you done for me lately? Right? Ooh. No, no, no. The Lord has done so much more than we'll ever know or ever realize. And so we keep looking to him. But we know to look to him. Amen? That's the, that's the difference, and, and God wants to make a difference. He wants to, the word that was popping up in my mind this week was differentiate. I want to differentiate my people from not my people. I want to make it so obvious that people who are not my people want to become my people. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. Look, starting with blessing again. First thing's happening, blessing. Wow. You think God's heart is for you today? Amen. Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Remember? So he got his servants, armed them, got Lot and the women and the stuff, right? In some order. <laughs> Brought it all back. Blessed be God, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. A tithe of all. These three things happen. Brings out the covenant meal. Who does that remind you of? Who, who else said, this is my body broken for you? This is the blood of the new covenant. Yes. Amen. Jesus Christ himself. So, all other verses in the Bible that, that talk about Melchizedek are referencing these three verses. So this is Melchizedek's big moment, his 15 minutes of fame, right? All right. And so he brings out the covenant meal. So they, they share the, the bread and the wine together. Blesses Abraham. Why? Because of your covenant with God. Because you're in this relationship with God. And then Abraham gives Melchizedek a tithe of all. A tithe of all. Those are the three things that happen. Isn't that, that's serious, have you ever in your life, I mean, someone came, God bless you, you sneeze or something, God bless you, and then you just give them 10% of everything you got? Never in your life have you done that. This has not happened, right? But for some reason, this is a significant event, and so it happened here. And so, remember it said, he, Melchizedek, was the priest of God Most High. God has established a priesthood. And so you remember it, when God was setting this thing up and he was establishing priests and priestly duties and, and how sacrifices are going to be made and how, you know, all this stuff was, was happening, the tribe of Levi was separated, right? Separate some Levites to be ministers to me. Now, in our, in our context, we can feel so disconnected from that, that whole scene. But in our context, our church staff, a local church staff, ministers of God, giving their lives up, laying it down for the cause of Christ to be able to serve the people of God. Amen? So let's kind of keep that in mind. Praise, Yes, amen. And you know what? Let me just say this. If you see your church staff around, give them a hug. Tell them you appreciate them. Anything like that. Amen? 
They do a lot. <laughs> they do a lot of things I don't know about. They, they are always, always going. I walked into the Freedom Room the other day. Let's put that up because I missed that section. Put that thing up. In the Freedom Room, we're spending some heart for the harvest money. Your gifts have come in. Look at this wall that they painted. Elisa, where are you? Is she in here? She did this. There you are. Oh, my goodness. Right, in front of my face. Come up here. This young lady can do anything. <laughs> so she painted this, this wall, and it is gorgeous. And it's painting a picture of things that our, we want our young people to know and to remember. I honor you for it today in front of everybody. Thank you so much for your talent. It looks beautiful. Thank you. God bless you. So there's a lot of things going on with Heart for the Harvest. You know, just while we're here, let's just put that other thing up. There is something going amazingly well. Oh, look at those lights. The, Wayne is building this thing over here with the bricks on it, and there's lights being hung, and Mark, and Jennifer, and Nick, and so, there's people contributing. Look, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous, and you know, many hands make what kind of work? Light work. <laughs> I like it. Get it? Get, thank you, Edith. All right. So now back, back to the message. Okay, so Aaron was the high priest, right? And his sons were going to carry on in the priestly duties and that. Jesus came, came from the tribe not of Levi, the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? That's where Jesus comes from. The Bible says seven times that Jesus is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Interesting. A priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. No start, no end. He just was. Amen. So, we look at these these things that are being established that Jesus is clearly referencing, you know, over there in what we call the New Testament now, the covenant meal and these blessings. And some may say tithing, well, tithing is like an old, it's an old situation. But tithing, and that's under the law, and we're under grace. We don't have to tithe because, pff, what am I, think I saved by the law? I read Paul. I'm not saved by the law, you know. I'm saved by grace through faith, right? Okay, the tithe originated 500 years before the law. So it was, we're not really talking about law. I mean, it would be, it's silly to say something like, well, it's so old, it doesn't matter. Gravity is pretty old. Still working for me, though. You know what I'm saying? God created the heavens and the earth. It's still working for me. I'm still into it, right? Keep it going. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. So, I know, I'm blowing your mind today. All kinds of crazy things. All right, here we go. So, but tithing, just because it's old doesn't mean it's not substantial, and it doesn't mean it's not part of God's plan. It continues to be part of his plan. Uh, Abraham tithed, and we tithe because, not because it's something you do to be a good little Christian. No, we tithe because we're in covenant relationship with God. No one told Olive to give me a hug and a kiss before I leave. She's just in relationship with me. She loves me, and she wants to give me some love. Yeah? So she grabs me before I get out the door. Daddy! She's running from the other room. That's relationship. And, and she never does it all sullen and sulking. She comes with joy, 
right? And that's how the Lord loves a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver, even. Amen. We're in, we tithe because we're in covenant with God, and He promises to bless us as we follow through with His instructions. This is how I can open everything up for you. Will you do it? It's like my hands are tied. You want to untie my hands? Tied. Amen. So, uh, yeah, God, God is pretty big on, hit, on order. Yes? God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. Let all things be done decently and in order. He's not going to break the rules. No, the rules are there. It, just do the rules. We were talking last week. It's, it's all if then. It's all conditional. You don't just get heaven because you think Jesus is cool or a nice guy or had great teachings. No, you have to submit to him as Lord, as master, as owner, controller of your life, right? He's the decision maker. He's the one that gets to call the shots. I believe that Father God raised you from the dead, and I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Ah, now, now we have something to work with. Not because I said so, because the Bible says so. This is what he said. This is how you get in. I'll tell my kids all kinds of stuff, and that's the rules. Hey, if you unload the dishwasher, then you get a piece of candy or whatever it is, or you, know, you can receive your commission, whatever. Man, don't tell them that. They're going to want to go to your house. No, no, no. We let them set the terms because she's like, I, I'll get a, a penny a minute. All right. You know, like, like it's, <laughs> okay, you really got me this time, right? So for two hours, buck 20. No problem. <laughs> Amen. Let's look at Hebrews 6, verses 19 through 20. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us. Say the forerunner. Who went before us? Jesus. Even Jesus, having become high priest, how long? Forever. Having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Here we are again. Jesus brings the bread and wine. Do you remember it? Go prepare that upper room. Night he was betrayed. Brings the bread and wine. And what does that indicate for us is salvation. We get to be saved and rescued from all the, the destruction and devastation that is coming our way. Amen. And even through the tribulation that Jesus promises will happen. In this life, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He's, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to deliver you. You will be saved. And he says, I'll bless you. And then the tithe happens, remember? So talking about the tithes, it's one thing. You know, like, like I said, we, never had, we have never had that scenario where someone just drops 10% on you. Or you have <laughs> dropped 10% on the. Here you go. No words exchanged. No time to exchange them. All little ants are marching. Red and black antenna waving. No one, no Dave Matthews fans in the house. All right. We, we don't know that situation, but we do know, and we have been a part of that, that call for the tithes and offerings in, in church, right? So in the same way that the staff is like this, this priesthood, the local church staff, we have tithes happening here. We've experienced it this morning. So, in Hebrews 7, 8, this is a good one for you to remember. Here, mortal men receive tithes. Mortal men. People who are subject to age and decay and eventually you know, bodily death, right? Here, on earth, here at the rock, mortal men receive tithes, but there, Jesus receives them. But there in heaven, Jesus receives them. What, what they're saying, 
we, we need to know that this is not just a physical transaction or a monetary transaction. This is spiritual in nature. Now, we have men, people, humans collecting it here, but there Jesus receives them. In heaven, Jesus receives your tithe. So that first 10% that comes in, that, he, that the Lord says belongs to me, so bring it into the storehouse, Jesus somehow is receiving that. I don't, I don't get it. But it is the truth. Here mortal men receive tithes, there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So who lives forever? Obviously it's Jesus, right? Here at the Rock, we have extremely high standards with money, and we don't mess around. So when these mortal men, right, subject to any number of things, but we have all these processes in place and have always from the very beginning, uh, <laughs> we go to great lengths. Anyone on the counting team in here? Anyone ever done the counting team at the Rock before? <laughs> you want to testify? Do we have extremely high standards? Okay, yeah. Look, there could be more of a smile in there. But <laughs> on the counting team, they, she knows what they go through to make sure that every cent is accounted for, counted properly, attributed properly in the right funds and, and everything else, attributed when you get your giving statement at the end of the year and all that. You know, you're like, yeah, that's what I gave. It's accurate, right? We, we take such great care because people get squirrely talking about money, don't they? Don't we? Like, hey. Now, it's not my responsibility what the church does with the money, we may say, right? And it's not. This is between me and God. I bring the tithe into the Lord. Jesus receives it. That's where, look, I'm out of this. Now, the process is in place, you know, and the leaders that God has established, and now they take it and run with it. Um, so, I was just thinking, it's hard for me to say that because, in a way, I am responsible for that, you know, because of me. But, you know, the royal eye, right? I don't have to worry about what happens. I'm not looking over someone's shoulder and be like, how you, how you spending that money? You know, because that's a lot of money. And, you know, the Lord has established. Isn't that right? Doesn't the Lord raise one up and put down another? Amen. And so here I am I'm happy to report that as we have done our next year's budget and everything else, not only are we in the black, uh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, that's good, right? We're, we're not scraping by, but the Lord is continuing to do a thing among us where he's increasing us. We're, we're close in this Heart for the Harvest realm, too, to, to meet our goal of $22,000 this year for these specific projects that we have going on. And so, as you remember, even this week, you're like, yeah, I wanted to give that Heart for the Harvest, this offering above my tithe. Go for it. Go for it. Because we're, we, we have, I think we're in the 17 realm right now we're almost at 18 i think so we have a little bit of time to bring that up but let's get there and, and accomplish all the rest of the projects uh something is being shipped over thanksgiving weekend of course uh a lot of things are being shipped and, and some things are going to change in this room and in the youth room and so anyway that's all happening too i know i'm kind of all over the place but i'm giving you real time and i'm giving you bible and i'm you know the whole thing so anyway let's let's look back at the scripture Let's look back at the scripture. Remember, you aren't just bringing money to the church. This is, your, this is part of your relationship with the Almighty God who wants to bless you, with Jesus himself who receives your tithe. Amen. And so your attitude changes, doesn't it, when you realize that you bring, I'm, and this is, this is my acceptable offering to the Lord, the one that he outlined, the one that he said I should bring. Your attitude changes. You're not just like plunking it down in the basket. Get out of here. I, I 
did my duty, you know? And then expect somehow for the Lord to open those windows of heaven and pour out, you know, shower you with blessing, right? No, 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 no. We, we, can, we can talk about honor. Let's, in fact, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, some of your Bibles, it's almost as if it says, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of some of your increase. That's how we behave sometimes, isn't it? When things are stretched, we, we, we tend to read the Bible a little differently according to our own wishes. Oh, I wish it wasn't like this. Well, maybe, let, let me get by on 10% of the, of the net. Don't we do it? Sometimes you've been there. Let, let me get by on 10% of my side job, right? Right? But the, here's the thing. The Lord knows our hearts. And there's a way to give that dishonors somebody, Right? Okay, so, so you hear something? Okay, here. Take it. Right? That's dishonorable. You don't just throw something at somebody. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's dishonoring. Right? The soak zone. You can't sit near the front. All right. But, you can, but sometimes how we give dishonors the Lord. But what are, we, what are we instructed to do? Honor the Lord with your possessions. And honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. So when you go to work, very practical, when you go to work and you bring home that paycheck, here, here's how it goes. Lord, I could have done nothing without you. I wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't have money. I wouldn't have the opportunity to give. I'd have no church home. I'd have no blessing. I'd have no breath in my lungs. I couldn't work. I would be dead. Like, just... Play it out as far as you want to go. I would have nothing without you, Lord. So I recognize that, and I am bringing this, what you call yours, the first 10%, with joy in my heart. Do whatever seems good to you with it. It's yours, and here it is. And I bring it faithfully. That's honoring. Lord, I recognize, oh, I didn't have it together. But you saved me. And now your attitude starts to change. And now the tithe doesn't sound like a dirty word. It doesn't sound like something you dread anymore, right? It sounds like, no, no, no. I honor the Lord, the first fruits of all my increase. Now, let's talk about the first fruits. Are, you think the first fruits are first or the first fruits are last? Get confident, church. Are the first fruits first or the first fruits last? You don't want to say it because you know where I'm going. All right. The first fruits are first. Say first. Seek ye First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right? Remember that song? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We seek you first. Lord, how do I do it first? I wanted to go to the bank and try to get out $1,000. That did not happen. But for the sake of illustration, imagine I had $1,000 in my hand. Which one? One, ten $100 bills. Which one is the first one? The top one? Ah, <laughs> good one. I, you know, Will, you, you probably like to flick them off like that. Making it rain. <laughs> the top one. The first one is the top one. Okay, what else? The, who, the, the, fir, the first one what? The first 100? The first one received. Interesting. Okay, what if you get a check of $1,000 all, all at one time? And now I get the money out of the bank. Now what do you do, right? 
Now, it's a lingering question. Okay, what's, who, who, who wants to take a stab at it? The first one you spend. That's pretty good. Good job, Sandy. I'm going to take it a step further. Because I am, I, I am an automated giver. I like to make sure that my tithe is not subject to my own faulty memory. Forgot the checkbook, right? As you can see, I clearly did not go to the bank. I think the tie, the first, is the one I purpose first in my heart. I may get paid and stop off at the grocery store before Sunday, right? Friday you get paid, just got paid, Friday night, right? You go to the grocery store, you wanted it. <laughs> and you haven't gone to church yet to give your tithe. To, to bring your tithe back to the Lord. So what happens? Is it, is it now dishonorable? No, not necessarily. If you've purposed in your heart, we do budgets. I know people don't like that word either. But those of us who have been trained by it know how beneficial it is and how you can get out of debt even by doing a budget. Praise the Lord. That's our testimony. The first one you purpose in your heart. Say, Lord, you are, ab- you are before this whole list of bills. You are not a bill on my list. You are not some obligation. You, this is a joy of my heart, and this belongs to you. Who am I to withhold it from you? Will a man rob God? Yes. Malachi, how we robbed you. Okay. We all know, right? We withhold more than what's right. Remember that story about Ananias and Sapphira? <laughs> Hey, you sell the house for this much? Yep. Are you sure? <laughs> anyway, and they were both committed to their lie. Anyway, and it, they, they paid dearly that day. Uh, God is not an expense. God loves you. God is real. He, he, he's participating with you every moment. He's not an expense. Let's not treat him like a bill, like a debtor, like a creditor harassing you on the phone. I've been there. He's not that. If you want to write down that verse about seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. But all, uh, oftentimes we'll, we'll do everything else that we can think of to do. Oh, you know, I got a little something over here. Someone said they'd hire me over here. Some, you know, I got this or that. I'll, I'll cash out my, my 401k. I'll cash, you know, I'll, whatever. Even to the point, crazy things, crazy things. I'll sell something not supposed to be selling it or doing it or anything but we can for the sake of money as much as i love that song it's the ojs right for love i don't love money that much we're not to be ruled by money you cannot serve god and mammon god and money so people say pay your mortgage first right oh that's wise financial wisdom pay your mortgage first that's the foundation of your life well Maybe for you, but the foundation of my life is stronger, built on Jesus. He's the foundation of my life. He is the source of all my provision. I look to him first. I don't look to my house. Do you see what I'm saying? Now you should pay your mortgage, amen? You could pay that second, right? You make sure that you bring back the tithe to the Lord first, amen, amen. That's how my life remains solid. Is, is knowing where the foundation of my life is. 
when you build on the solid rock, then, then the wind, when the wind and the storms rage against you, that you cannot shake your house because it's founded on the rock of Christ. Amen. Imagine, imagine this. Now you hear all this stuff about tithing, and it's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, tithing, okay. It's like going to a car wash, and you sit in the parking lot all day, and then you go home all mad because your car's dirty. Like, man, I went to the thing. I was sitting in the car wash all the whole day. I, I went to, I've been going to church for years. Yeah, but have you put, have you aligned your wheels? You know, they say, like, you know how they do the little motions with their hands? Get your tire on that thing so you can, you know, go through the tunnel. This is, when you come to church, you can't just sit in church forever and be like, yeah, I don't know where the financial breakthrough is. Where's the blessing that everyone's talking about? People testifying about. Well, did you put, did you align your wheels with the thing and go through the tunnel? Did you bring your tithe? Did you allow the windows to be open? The windows of heaven can be shut just the same as they can be opened over you. And I like that phrase, you know, God can open doors no man can shut. And he can close doors no man can open. He can close the windows the same way. You, you cannot pry those windows open. You can't bust through his windows. He's either going to open them or he's not. Amen? But I tell you what, I guarantee that when you tithe, he will open the windows of heaven over you and pour out such blessing you won't have room enough to receive it. Are you with me today? So it's not a guess. It's not a hope. This, this is God has said, I'm covenanting with you. This is why we're talking about the bread and the wine and the whole thing. Covenant. I promise in blood I'm going to do this for you. Do you see? This is a big deal to the Lord. And so we're spending, of course, a lot of time on it. Why? I want to spend as much time as it takes to get you free. And I've always said this, and, and I know it may come from a naive place. But for years and years, I've been saying this. I don't care how long it takes. I'll, we, we should keep preaching this. You know, I'm talking to my pastors. You know, we should keep preaching this until we're doing it. I, hey, I still think that way. This is, already, this is the sixth week in this series, right? We believe in this stuff, right? But it's because I don't want to see us in bondage any longer. None of us. None of us, and that's God's heart too, none of us, none of you. In, in, why? Why stay there when you have all of this available? Unlock it with the tithe, giving honorably. Amen. So let's talk really practically on some things because these are good questions. And, and I'll tell you right up front, even asking these questions honors the Lord. But don't stop at asking and think that you know, that's where the honor is just, just going to carry you. You ask, and then when he answers, then you follow. Amen? Whoever comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them is like a man building a solid life. Okay, paraphrase. So you get a paycheck, because that's how we do. And there's this thing called taxes. Not great. I'd love to spend that money. Thank you. But the government just goes ahead and does you a favor, takes them out real quick so you don't have to worry about it, Right? Now it's gone until the end of the year. We'll talk about tax refunds in a minute. So, so what do you tithe on? Do you tithe on the, the part that you get to cash, or do you tithe on the whole thing that you actually made? Oh, okay. The whole thing is the answer. And let me tell you why. Because if you allow the government to reach in and take first, they're getting the first fruits of all your increase. Isn't that right? 
You don't want to rob yourself of the blessing. You don't want to rob God of what's rightfully his. It's like you can allow the government to take what's God's. And you just allow it because, hey, at least I don't have to pay that much in tithe, right? Okay, I'm, this is just where the rubber meets the road, but you know me. This is how I do things, right? I'm just going to tell you the truth, and you can go home and actually do this stuff. Okay, so if the government does that, you're saying, well, the government is first in my life. And I don't know, is anyone, like, super thrilled with the government right now? I, okay, anyway, we, pray, we need to pray for them, amen? My kids remind me every day as we're driving to school. Praise the Lord. So we pray for them. And, uh, okay, so let's talk about tax refund time. Now, if you've tithed, so there's the net and the gross. The gross is how much you make total, and the net, think about it. It's like how much I can, I can drag off in the net, you know, after the government gets theirs and Social Security gets theirs and this net, right? Okay, so we, we have always tithed on the gross, and now when tax rebate, refund time comes around, you don't tithe on that again. Do I tithe on the, on the no, not if you tithe on the gross, you already tithed on it. This is an overpayment that they are, they're bringing back to you. This is yours, and they're bringing it back to you, right? Amen. And so... Uh, that's going to free somebody up right now. Uh, so you're not going to have to live under that condemnation. Because you know, like, I've heard people say, people we've gone to church with have said, no, you need to tithe on that. That came in. You need to tithe on that. Well, not if I tithe on the gross, right? So, yeah, you can offer it. Amen. You can offer 10% of that. Or you can offer the whole thing, whatever. Shoot the moon. But you, you are not obligated to tithe on that. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so let's say you buy a house. Um, somebody give me a number, a, an easy number though. What's what's a house cost? Someone say two hundred. Okay, great, two hundred thousand dollars. Someone said one ninety. There's no way I can do this math. All right, so you buy it for two hundred thousand dollars, right? And then at some point in the future, you're meant to to sell it. Okay, so you sell it, and you sell it for two hundred and ten thousand dollars. Great. That's increase of how much? $10,000, but escrow fees and this and that, you, you pay, you pay $12,000 to get it sold. So are you increased or are you decreased at that point? You're decreased at that point. So technically, you're not obligated to tithe on that. You're decreased. Technically, if it went the other way and you sold it for two fifty-two. Right, and it costs you twelve grand to sell it. Then how much you're up forty grand, right? So four thousand dollars would be the tithe amount of your increase, because that is an increase, and that would be right and acceptable to bring to the Lord. In fact, He would call it His. Are we together so far? I I, told, I asked Jen. I say, are you you you're itching to preach again? You know, I said, yeah, I want to preach. You know, I said, oh, I said, good, let's do this one. And then I heard it. I heard Pastor Jerry deliver this message. I said, no, it's too nerdy. I got to do it. I got to do it. So no one's going to buy it that you're all this nerd. She's the free spirit in the family, by the way. I'm the nerd. Any Dave Ramsey people in the house? Yeah, I am the nerd. So I, I thought I'd bring this one to you. You can hear her next week. Um, what about tithing on a loan? If you're getting a loan, you're already decreased, right? You're like, no, I already owe this. This is, I'm already backwards on this. This is not increased to me, even though it can feel like an increase. Um, so no, and then and then you got to pay the whole thing back, and then you have to add interest to it, most time, right? So you're you're really in the hole that that way. So 
No, no, that's decrease. We're tithing on the first fruits of all of our increase. Amen. So, again, asking these types of questions, you know, there may be some Social Security that you outlive what you paid in. How do, how do you calculate that? I don't know. But seek the Lord. I am I'm absolutely convinced that he will trigger in your mind. He's like, you know what? You need to look at this thing because... And there'll come a time, and you know, who knows when it happens. 90 years old, you're like, i got to get tithing again on, the, on whatever's coming back in from Social Security. You know? He'll let you know. I strongly believe it. Why? Because he wants you to be blessed financially. He wants that financial breakthrough in your life. All right, verse 10 says, So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. We, <laughs> we've, been, we've been all over the place. So we're still in Proverbs 3 here. It says, So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Okay, why is God asking us to give? So whose barns will be filled? His barns? No, your barns. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, that's the problem. I'll have a barn. I need to get some barns because I need them to fill them up. No, no, no. You, your barn is where you store your stuff. Anybody have a garage or a, a carport? Raise your hands if you do. Let me see them. Okay, this is your barn. You have a closet? We used to have a ridiculous closet in our last uh, two houses ago. We had a, uh, did, Wayne, did you see those houses over there? They had the biggest closet. When the babies were born, we put them in the closet. Because it was like a little room. And there's clothes all around so they can cry and, you know, we can sleep and the whole thing. <laughs> Jen would probably disagree with me on, on that, you know, but that was, that was my intent. You get the clothes, built-in soundproofing. No, but your closets, right? Your closets. So now look how, think about all the places that we store our stuff in the bank. We store some stuff in the bank too, right? And what's the Lord saying? So your barns will be filled. Filled is good. Because what does that imply? There's not really much room for anything else in here, right? Our garage has been looking filled (laughs) lately. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. Now help us clean it. Um. Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. You may be looking at your closet and saying, thank you, Lord, for all these clothes. But, but you look at them and you say, well, some of them don't fit anymore. Or some of them are outdated. Maybe it's not the fashion anymore. Bell bottoms or something. I don't know. I'm not good at fashion. But... The Lord is saying that your vats will overflow with what kind of wine? New wine. The Lord isn't trying to make you walk around dressed in rags. Clothes falling apart. Threadbare. Stained. Past their prime. No, we need to start seeing God as the provider. What does the Bible say? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen? This, this is the God who we love, the God who we're here to hear about and, and to respond to. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So let's talk about how we can bring acceptable tithes to the Lord, how our tithes can be acceptable to the Lord. In fact, I should give you the title of this message. It's called Acceptable Offerings. Acceptable Offerings in the series Covenant Provision. Acceptable Offerings. Again, we can, <laughs> we can do it wrong. We can dishonor the Lord, but we're trying to figure out how to do it right, how our tithes can be acceptable before God. 
in Deuteronomy 26, starting at verse 1. I'll read it to you. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Remember, he didn't have to give you anything. But he's given you this land. He's promised you the promised land, right? He's promised you your little promised land. He gives you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, because that's what happens when someone gives something to you. You take it, and you live it. You know, you live it. That you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, first, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. I love it. It sounds like a repetition, and it is. He's reminding you. He's like, no, I gave this to you. Remember? Remember how I gave this to you? And put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord God chooses. I like that. Put it in a basket. We have baskets around here. I like that. I felt very biblical when I was preparing this. I was like, yeah, put it in a basket. Amen. Right? I know it's silly, but I just think these things. And I told you I'm going to tell you the truth. So this is my little silliness. But it says, go to the place where the Lord God chooses. In fact, I was able to use this scripture on somebody this morning looking for a church. I said, hey, you pray, and the Lord will tell you where to go, tell you what church to attend. Amen? And then your responsibility, all of our responsibility, is to go to that place that he has chosen for you. Amen? Amen. And I was telling him, I said, yeah, we drove an hour to Corona every week for six years. Both ways. You know? And, and it, it may not be uphill in the snow, but there was some traffic some, on the 15 some Wednesday nights. Andrew, you testifying back there? Testify. Woo! Hey! All right. So, we, we were in Ridgecrest years and years ago. That's an hour and a half both ways. Well, you go where the Lord tells you to go. Amen? And so if the Lord tells you to go here... By golly, you come here. Amen. And you'll be blessed. But if he tells you to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. And be blessed there and give your tithe there. Amen. But those who are called to this house, tithe here. Say amen to that. Amen. And those who do and who amen will be blessed. Jesus said, whoever's ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of in front of the Father. We're not ashamed of these words. No, we're going to live them out. Hallelujah. So, you go to that place to, to where he makes his name abide. And now some, and I've heard this, some, they say, well, yeah, I, I tithe, you know. I, I just, I keep it in a, in a separate place. And then when I hear of a need or something, I just, I just give, I give that there, you know. And I, I just kind of route it to the people in need and that kind of thing. I'll tell you, that's not the tithe. That's an offering, and it's good. As far as it goes, but it's not your tithe. It's not, it's not the first, and it's not in the way that the Lord said. He said, bring all your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, right? This is the, this is the way he wants it to go. So if you, this is, this is the control freak that comes out, right? No, I'll just go ahead and hold on to that, and, and I will determine myself where it needs to go. That's not honoring to the Lord. It's stealing, actually. You're, you're giving away God's money to these people and need not your own money. It's not really your, it's not even an offering if you haven't tithed yet, right? Jerry, how am I going to give people your money? That's, it doesn't happen. I, you wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> Jerry's like, I don't know. You wouldn't. You couldn't. He's looking at me like, <laughs> good luck. But that's what we do. And so let's not. Amen. 
Are you convinced today? Amen. Verse 3 says, And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days. Go, go to church. Come, come to where this thing happens. All right? You shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, Now listen to the heart behind this. I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. So I went where God said to go. Right? Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian. Okay, no covenant with God. Out of alignment, out of relationship with the Lord. Okay, my father was a Syrian about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a great nation, great, mighty, and populous. Okay, so what happened was when he followed the word of the Lord, now he becomes great. When we follow God, but, but before that we have nothing of ourselves to offer. Okay. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I'm telling you, the Lord's arm has not been shortened where he cannot reach you. He, he knows where you are, and he's mighty enough to, to get you out of it. Amen. With great terror and with signs and wonders, he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the what? The first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. See, that's the right perspective. I bring the first fruits which you gave to me in the first place. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. This is how, this is how you come in. This is an acceptable offering before the Lord. You come prepared with your tithes and offerings. You come and worship and you say, I was nowhere. I was no one. I had nothing going. But you came along and saved me. I couldn't have done this by myself. But Lord, you found me. You saw that I was in need, in desperate need, and you came and you rescued me. Thank you, Lord. I, I recognize you. And, and this is in honor of that. And this will continue to be in honor of that because I won't forget. I won't forget how good you've been to me. How I was hopeless. I was lost. I was destitute. I was on my way to hell. And you saved me. I will never forget it. It is my, it is my great joy and honor and delight to bring this to you. That's honorable. That's acceptable. So you communicate the truth of the situation of your heart to God. And and the best way to kind of process all this is to not think that we're adding something to God as if he needs anything. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. As if you could feed me, as if you could supply something I need for my sustenance. No, no, no. He wouldn't ask us. Exodus twenty two twenty nine says, you shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You shall not delay to offer the first fruits. Don't delay. Sometimes people go, this is why I automate everything, because I, I could be a delayer. People will go on vacation, or they'll miss a Sunday, or they're sick, or whatever, right? And then I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, I wasn't there, so I couldn't give, you know. What do you, what do you expect? Well, the Lord expects you to, to catch it up. And we have electronic means that we can do that too. You know, there's any number of ways, but if our heart's right, we will be looking forward to that first opportunity. Lord, oh, 
I've missed you. I've missed your people. I miss being in your house. And here I am. And I hear, here's what belongs to you. Here, here, times two. You know, this is, this is the last weekend this week or whatever. You, you get what I'm saying. Don't delay to do it. Uh, delayed obedience, I heard, is disobedience. I've, I've really liked that, that phrase. I don't, I don't ever want to hear a child say to me, wait. I give them an instruction, wait a minute. What? No, no, no. You wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling you, this is going to be for your good. All right. You better clean up your room before your mom gets home. Wait. Nope. I'll pull the plug on something. You know? Anyway. All right. Exodus 34, 19 through 20. All that open the womb are mine, and every male firstborn among your livestock, whether ox or sheep. But the firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem him, if you not buy him basically from me, then you shall break his neck. Whatever you do, God is saying, don't steal from me. Whatever you do, don't steal from me. If you won't buy it back, break its neck. Because you will not have it. It's not yours. It's, you know, don't bring a curse on yourself. Bring blessing on yourself. All the firstborn of your sons you shall redeem. I like, I like this thing. I was thinking about this donkey. He doesn't want any donkeys. Donkeys we always think of as stubborn. Right? And, and I think he, he, he wants a lamb instead. A gentle, trusting, soft you know, lamb. That's what he wants. So if there's any donkeys in here, quit it. Get your lamb on. Right? All right. It says, All the firstborns of your son you shall redeem, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. None shall appear before me empty-handed. Leviticus 27 says, The tithe is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. And too often we've appeared before him empty-handed. I know that at rock conference, my, you know, my life was changed during one of our rock conferences. It's not, you know, it's an anointed atmosphere, but as usual, it's, you know, we're down in Anaheim at our campus at the Rock down there, and there's this great preaching and worship and all this, but it was 5 o'clock in the morning. I wasn't even in that atmosphere, but my heart was attuned, ready to receive from the Lord, ready to hear from Him, and I woke up with this, this chronic indigestion. I may have sa- I said this already, but it's worth saying again, because anyone who's lived with that knows it's miserable. Your sleep is affected. You know, it's just, you, you wonder, it's like, is my whole esophagus being eaten up by acid right now you you worry about these sort of things and so i wake up at five in the morning and i'm miserable and i said lord i just look to you for this whole thing i don't i don't know what to do but i receive healing for this because enough is enough it's years of this i look to you i declare your healing over myself i receive it i'm touching my stomach and my neck and everything you know it's like laying hands get it done right Doing the Bible. And he came through for me, and I don't have chronic indigestion anymore. Hallelujah, I was healed from that day. And then we get into the first service, and, and, and it's like, hey, does anyone need healing? And they're, they're, like, they're really going for it. Normally, like, reserved for, you know, at night sessions or whatever. No, but I said, no. It's good for me. I got, I got it done with the Lord already. Amen. And I tell you that again, A, because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, but also to say that I have this thing in my heart that I'm just so grateful, and I try to bring an offering every time we go to Rock Conference. It's not required. It's a free conference. But I say, Lord, because I remember what you did, 
here in this zone, I'm honoring you here in this zone again. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Clap whenever you want. Amen. So I'm not, I'm not telling you to, you know, hey, look how good I am or anything. No, it's just that this is, this is in my heart now. And so out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And one of those things I say, Lord, I remember out of the overflow of this, this grateful, thankful heart that you healed me here in this zone, I'm remembering you here. I'm, I'm giving you extra because I love you and I'm, I'm so appreciative. Amen. And did, you, did you find Psalm 50 in your Bibles yet? Anyone looking for Psalm 50? I didn't tell you to look for Psalm 50. That's all right. Look for Psalm 50 real quick, can you? Psalm 50, starting in verse 7. Hear, O people, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am your God. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. Listen to verse 9. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. Listen to that again. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the Lord says. He said, I don't need your bull. I appreciate that. Look, I got it all. I got it all. I don't need it from you. I'm not going to take from you. Do you hear the tenderness of the heart of God? He's like, don't worry. I'm not going to take a bull from your house, right? I'm not going to take a goat from your folds. Every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I do not need your stuff, right? You add nothing to me in that way. You are only adding to yourself if you do this. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Again, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. If I needed it from the world, I could get it, the Lord says. And maybe it doesn't even exist in the world. We don't know. We don't know what he needs or wants, right? He just, I know he wants a big family, and he wants you to be obedient and blessed. So, all right. So we have to stop treating God like we're adding to him. He is desperately trying to add to us. He's trying to convince us that he will keep his word that he spoke to us. Amen. Verse 13, for, uh, verse 13 says, Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Look, look how he links this thing. He's talking about giving, and now he's talking about trouble. Call on me on the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. He is linking giving to all of his other activity in our life. Provision and protection and rescue and all the rest. Amen. So how are we to bring this? Look at the earlier verses of Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 3. This is coming from the NIV 84 version. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. Say, bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord. Say, acceptable to the Lord. Amen. So we need to bring offerings in righteousness so that they'll be acceptable to the Lord. Amen. We bring offerings in righteousness. We need to be rightly related, rightly understanding who the Lord is and how he's trying to relate to us. And then our offerings will be acceptable to him. So 
I don't tithe the same way anymore as I used to. I don't try to, to sneak by. He knows what we're trying to do when we're trying to outcalculate his calculations. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll just tithe on this, or I'll just give, you know, I'll just bring this, or I'll just give this. No, no, no. He is smarter than you. Okay? Testify. All right. And so now we bring with a different heart, a different attitude. Now we bring with joy and, and such thanksgiving in our hearts. This, this is this time. At the beginning of our services, we do it, right? We honor you, Lord, with this. Amen. So since things have changed, why don't we stand to our feet and start making some declarations of our own? Can I have the praise team come? And also, can I have the prayer team gather up the front? We're going to receive many people for prayer today. Because we're preaching these messages not to say, Give us more money. We don't need your money. The Lord doesn't need your money. He, you know, what he said, I can make children of Abraham out of these rocks. <laughs> right? So don't, don't think that anything that is happening here is for his ultimate benefit. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit as you honor the Lord. Can, can we say some things together? Say, Father, we see your word more clearly today than we have in the past. And we're ready to respond in faith because we know you respond to faith. And so from now on, I, I choose to honor you with the first fruits of all my increase because I was nowhere I was lost and a hopeless case but Jesus rescued me and continues to rescue me and so I see clearly that it is not of myself that I am provided for that I'm taken care of, but you take care of me. I raise my hand to you. I covenant again today with you. Reminded of your benefits. Reminded of your provision. Reminded of your goodness and your faithfulness. Not just to us, to me. I love you and you love me, may it be unto me according to your word. Come on, can we clap our hands in agreement that it will be to you according to God's word. There is overflow, new wine, barns filled with plenty for you. This is the whole reason we do any of this. Amen? Can we dim the lights and give us a little bit of privacy as I welcome people up to pray their own specific prayers? We're going to release in about two minutes. But if you have a need today before the Lord, would you bring it with humility? And just recognize, just as we said, I, I don't have it in me, but you have it all for me. And so if you're in need of healing in your own body, or if you know somebody else who needs healing, like we were praying for little Bronx this morning, we intercede for those who need help. If you are in financial lack right now and you need a financial breakthrough this whole message and whole series has been for you come and align your faith with our prayer team they are so filled with faith 
so filled with certainty that the Lord will do what he said he will do, and you will align your faith together, and God responds to faith. Did you know that God doesn't respond to need? If God responded to need, there would be no more need. But God responds to faith. Did you see Jesus marveling at people's faith? And he marveled at their faith, or he marveled at their lack of faith. If you want to stun Jesus, get in the, in the realm of faith. But today, why don't, we, why don't we astonish him with how high our faith is that we trust him to do what he said he'll do. Amen? I, I encourage you, come right now. And, and if, even if you have to stand in a line, do it. Come, come to the place where you can get your needs met. Amen? And if you're, if you're not needing that today, extend your hands towards these who are praying, would you? And we'll just pray together, Lord, we agree according to your word that everything that you have said, every word that you have spoken, we know that you are watching over it to perform it. Even that comes from your word. Lord, we trust you to do it. You are our God, the faithful God who keeps covenant, who keeps covenant, who keeps covenant to a thousand generations. No one twisted your arm, Lord. You just decided to be this good to us. And we thank you for being this good. We recognize your goodness. And we decide, we choose right now not to live under it anymore. Not to live in the red. But Lord, that you can bring us up into the black. That we can have surplus. We can have overflow. We can have even nice things. Because you are not a God who has any lack. You are not a God who is limited in any way except by us. And so we take the limits off of you today. Someone say, take the limits off. I take the limits off of you. Amen. Everyone who is pressing forth in that will receive their breakthrough. In Jesus' name, I declare it over you. We are not ashamed of you, Jesus. We are not ashamed of your words. We know that you will deliver according to your word. Every healing that needs to happen today will happen today in the name of Jesus. Every crooked path made straight in brains, in limbs, in veins, in arteries, in blood flow, in muscle tissue, in bone mass, anything. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, give us strength even in the way of, of healing bodies and restoring energy, restoring passion, dedication, commitment, restoring life. Show us what life in you is meant to look like, that we don't live beggarly anymore weak and beggarly we put off those things that that's a bondage that we don't need we put it off intentionally in jesus name we we don't have to beg you for things we just come declaring we have what you have agreed to us covenanted with us we say yes we say yes today church can you say yes yes and for all these praying up here we align our faith with them and we say yes. We say yes like you're saying yes. Where two or more are gathered, you, Lord, are in the midst of us. And we receive your presence and your power and your purpose today. Make every crooked place straight. Let your word be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Show us the ways that we should go. Bring healing today. Bring provision supernaturally today that there would be such crazy overflow. We would be getting testimonies about the multiple 
thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars that are poured out on your people because you have access to it and they are reaching out to it by faith and receiving from you. You are our source. I am not my source. Lord, you are my source. I receive from your hand today. You're not slack concerning your promise. You have more than enough. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for bringing us to this place where our faith can be built and we can receive every good and perfect gift coming down from you, our precious Heavenly Father, in whom there is no shadow of turning. It's all light with you. All light. And as Jesus said, now we are the light of the world. Let us be that light. Let us be seen living testimonies, living epistles before the people in our community, at our workplace, in our schools, even here at church. Let us be lights shining, not hidden under bushels or baskets. We are cities lit up, bright by you, set on a hill to be clearly seen by everyone so they can come into this covenant with you and receive for themselves. Amen. Somebody say, no more lack. No more disease. No more sickness. No more strain. In Jesus' name. Say, I am free today. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we clap our hands in agreement? Bless you, Lord.